glad you're here on a Sunday night. I am so glad you're here. It's so good to see you. I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and open it to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Tonight we'll be looking at verses 38 through 42 in a message I've entitled, Doing What is Best. Doing what's best, Luke chapter 10. Let me invite you to stand with me. I know you've just gotten comfortably seated. But we all need exercise, and this is a great way to do it. And so let's look together in verses 38 through 42. I'll read it as you follow along in your copy of God's Word. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered, that is Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet. Listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray you'll minister to the hearers here tonight. I pray that you will use this word to touch their hearts and change their lives. Help us to refocus. Help us to be rejuvenated spiritually. I pray as we leave this place tonight that we'll have a renewed perspective of how to use our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. 168 hours. 168 hours is the amount of time we have every week. Because our lives are calculated by time, the use of it, is, in essence, the use of our lives. It is how we invest our lives. Now, once time is used, it cannot be regained. Since time is so important, we need to use our time as wisely as possible. And therein lies the challenge because of all the demands of life. We must make every second count. We don't want to waste our lives. And when we waste our time, that's exactly what we do. Uh, Life is short, isn't it? I think about the Bible where it says in James that our lives are like a vapor that appears for a short time and then vanishes away. So we have to be careful how we use the time that we have. Most of us realize how quickly life passes, but we often fail to consider The limitation of time when we make our decisions. We look at the circumstances before us and we we decide what to do. But we sometimes fail to remember that time is so short. Generally, we strive to choose between living our lives to do what is good as opposed to do what is bad. However, as Christians, we are called to a higher standard. God wants us. To live for not just what is good, he wants us to strive for what is best. 
We have a prime example here before us tonight. You've heard me read the passage from Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. Here Jesus is visiting in the home of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. He would often go there when in Jerusalem. That was one of his favorite places. It was a place where he could escape from the pressing crowd. Uh, Bethany is where they lived. It was located there close to the Temple Mount. As a matter of fact, if you're at the Temple Mount and you turn east and walk down into the Kidron Valley, you'll then walk up onto the uh, Mount of Olives. Just over the Mount of Olives on the other side to the east there is Bethany. That's where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. And so it was, was easy access for Jesus to get from the temple to this location. He loved to spend time there with his friends. But the focus of this story is on the different choices that Mary made versus the choices that Martha made. As we look closely at these two women, we will see more clearly how that you and I can make the best choices in life, not just the good things, but the best things to do with our time. So let's begin to look at this simple story tonight. In these few verses, we first of all see Mary's worship. Mary chose to use her time to worship the Lord. Her opportunity to worship is mentioned in verse 38. The Bible says here, now as they were traveling along, Jesus entered a village and a woman's name, Martha, welcomed him into her home. This provided a great opportunity for Mary. This is Jesus. Think about now. This is Jesus Christ being invited by Martha into the home that she was responsible for. When I think about Martha, I think about how she must have been an incredible woman. Uh, how she probably was the type of woman who would love to invite you over for a meal. And she would be busily preparing that meal in the kitchen. And how that she would open up her home. She was a very hospitable type of woman. Very hardworking, no doubt. And concerned about serving others. See, all those are good things. Wonderful things. Great characteristics. But here, when she invited Jesus into her home, it gave her an opportunity not just to serve, but it gave her an opportunity to worship. Now, she did not seize that opportunity, but her sister did. Mary Sees the opportunity to worship the Lord because here is Jesus Christ now in her home, in human flesh, the God man there sitting before her. What was she to do? Well, one thing she was not going to do was to occupy herself in the kitchen or running errands or trying to make the house look more presentable. She realized the specialness of this moment. And she gave herself to it. It was an opportunity to worship. You know, you and I have opportunities to worship too, don't we? And I'm glad you've seized that opportunity tonight. That's why you're here. Now, there are many things you could be doing. You could be watching the football game. Uh, You could be going down to the beach this weekend. Uh, You could be watching a movie. You could be inviting people over to your home during the worship hour. But you've chosen to be here tonight to worship God and to open up his word and see what he has to say to you and to us as a church. 
You seize the opportunity. And we need to think about how that every day we have opportunities to worship the Lord and focus on him. And we need to seize those opportunities. Not only do we see Mary's opportunity to worship, but we see her priority on worship. Look in verse 39. That is, Mary... The Bible says in verse 39, Martha had a sister called Mary who was seated. Notice this now. She was seated at the Lord's feet. Now, if you'll study the life of Mary, you know what you'll find? Every time she's mentioned in the Bible, she is found at the feet of Jesus. Every time Mary's mentioned, she's found at the feet of Jesus. What is she doing there? She's worshiping Jesus. She's worshiping Jesus the Christ. So so she prioritizes worship. Worship is something that if you do not prioritize it, you won't do it. Something else will take its place. We all live busy lives with many demands, many responsibilities. And if we do not make sure that we prioritize worship, I promise you, as you well know, something else will take its place. Then we see her activity of worship. Look in verse 39 again. The The latter part of this verse, the Bible says that she was listening. She was listening to his word, listening to the word of Jesus. She had the privilege of hearing Jesus speak the word of God. And as she sat there, she must have been mesmerized. She must have been overwhelmed by his presence. She adored Christ. She was there soaking in everything he had to say. Can you think about what a difference it would mean in our lives if we had that same approach to Jesus? We wanted to hear what he said. We were in his word every day, pouring over the scriptures, asking God to reveal to us his will, his purpose, understanding, wisdom. And then we applied that in our lives. Just I'd be amazed to see just how far we could advance if we did that. So here is Mary worshiping the Lord. I remember when I was a boy. We used to sing an old hymn entitled, Take Time to Be Holy. Have you ever heard that hymn? How many of you heard that hymn? Take Time to Be Holy. That's pretty good out there. Take Time to Be Holy. This song contains a a sentence which reads, Take time to be holy. Speak oft with the Lord. These words are sound counsel for God's people. Most of us have scheduled God out of our lives. We become so busy and so distracted and we have pursued so many things. We have so many options available to us that many times God is secondary in our lives. Mary understood that Jesus was not to have priority in her life, but was to be preeminent in her life. See, many of us as God's people today, we want to prioritize the things of God. But Christ is preeminent. He's over all things. So here is Mary worshiping at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, listen, there's nothing better you and I could do than worship. We were created to worship God. That's the very purpose for our existence. Can you tell me another reason why God made us? Our lives should consist of seeking to worship God in word and in deed. And everything we do should be an act. It should be an expression of worship. What is worship? Worship is when we express God's word through our actions. 
we're expressing what we think of him by how we think, by how we act, and how we interact with one another. We're expressing expressing worship. So here is Mary worshiping. Then notice also we see Martha's work. We've looked at Mary's worship. Now let's look at Martha's work. Verse 40. The Bible points out her distraction. We read, but Martha was distracted. Have you ever been distracted? Some of you are probably thinking, oh, what? It's easy to be distracted, isn't it? Especially in the world in which we live. Uh, think about what has happened, the explosion of information just over the last few years. When I was a kid, uh, that was what, maybe 15 years ago? When I was a kid, I remember we had two channels that we could get on television. Black and white television. I was the remote control. And my dad would tell me what channel to turn it to. And uh, you couldn't just turn the channel. We had channel 10 out of uh, Albany, W-A-L-B, and then the channel out of Tallahassee, if the weather was right. And I had to go outside of the house and turn the antenna in the right way just to receive the signal. And it was snowing. You could hardly see it. Now there are hundreds of channels. Remote control. Black and white is no longer the option. We have color sets with HD programming. It's an amazing thing to consider. Our children have no clue what it's like. To be without television. On top of that, think about all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all these other sites that that are used. Movies at demand. People now, everybody has a car. When I was a kid, it was not that way. My dad, he drove the, the vehicle to work. Many times we didn't have a vehicle while he was gone. We were reliant on my grandparents who lived close by. If they... If we needed something, we had no phone when I was just a kid. And then when we got a phone, we had a party line. That's a bad name for that type of phone. There was no party to it, I'm telling you. But now we have cell phones. We can call someone around the world. I I texted a, a friend of mine this morning to wish him happy birthday. And he said, I just landed in Tel Aviv. I mean, that, to our children, that is just commonplace. But my point to you is think about all the options available to us. Uh, when I was a kid, Chamblers was really... How many of you remember Chamblers? Hamburger place. Uh, I barely remember, and I'm not that old. I barely remember. But that was kind of the, the going place for hamburgers in town. And Dairy Queen, it was not sit down. You had to walk up and pick up your order. Things have changed amazingly here in Douglas and around the world. We have all of these options. And these options, although they are good in many respects, can serve as distractions to us. Because now we have choices like we never had before. People used to attend church around three times a week. Now, if they attend church three times a month, you feel like you've done a great job in attracting them. And one reason is because people are so distracted. Martha was distracted. She was a good woman. 
She was doing a good thing, but she was distracted. The Bible tells us that. And notice also, with her distraction came distress. Notice the progression here. Verse 40, we read on and we we find, uh, the Bible says she was distracted and with all her preparations. Now, she was busily working in that kitchen. She wanted everything just right. She wanted to make sure the meal she was going to serve Jesus was perfect, that it tasted good, that everything was in its place. She was working hard and I would imagine she had perspiration breaking out on her brow and and she is just all consumed with her work getting things right and all the demands that she put on herself had become distressing to her folks we live in a stress-filled world don't we I mean, we have all these options and all these means of communications and things of the sort that I've described, but yet we're stressed out. People are, are always on edge. We don't know how to relax anymore. We don't know how to focus anymore. And that was the case with Martha. She was so distracted. She was so distressed. And then notice again the progression. She was displeased. We see her displeasure in verse 40 when we read, And she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Now think about that question. There's an implication in that question. The implication is Jesus is not doing anything to help me in this situation. She's being accusative. And isn't that how it is when we are distracted from the Lord and we get distressed in life and then we, we become uh, unpleasant to be around? It, it introduces displeasure into our lives. And we begin to become accusative and point at our finger and think that you should be doing the same thing I'm doing. Why aren't you helping me? And here she's even involving Jesus in this. She's consumed with her work. Is she doing something good? Yes. She's doing a great service. It's a wonderful thing. Her wanting to serve Jesus. But the problem is she's not been sitting at Jesus' feet. And isn't this where we get tripped up in the church today, dear Christian friend? We try to serve Jesus without sitting at his feet first. And I can tell you, it doesn't work. It's wonderful to serve the Lord and God calls us to serve him. He equips us to serve him. He gives us these opportunities to serve. But if we don't humble ourselves at Jesus' feet, our service will be meaningless. And it won't be long until we get agitated and frustrated with one another and accusative of one another. Rather than basking in the pleasure of serving the Lord, we will be consumed with stress and frustration. And it creates division within the body of Christ. We see her demand in verse 40 as we continue to read that verse. She says this, notice. She says, then tell her to help me. She doesn't even allow Jesus the responsibility to respond. She just says, Jesus, tell her to help me. 
What a demand that is. It's audacious, isn't it? She's acting in a way that's unbecoming a child of God. Good woman? Yes. Gifted? Yes. Heart to serve? Yes. Energetic? Yes. Involved? Yes. But she's not sitting at Jesus' feet. And so she is spiritually dry. Always remember that our service for the Lord must come out of a heart filled with love and relationship with the Lord. If we fail to do that, I promise you, if you, if you devote yourself to service but you don't take time to worship, it won't be long until you're not serving any longer. You'll be worn out, frustrated, complaining, griping, nothing goes right. You're the only one who ever does anything for the Lord. All of that is a result of us being spiritually dry. Take time to be holy, the Bible says. Or that song says in in reference to what the Bible teaches. There's a poem that was written sometime back about the work that is good. But if it interferes with our worship, how it is a problem. And here's the poem. Listen carefully. Too busy to read the Bible. Too busy to wait and pray. Too busy to speak out kindly to someone who passes by the way. Too busy working and worrying to think of life to come. Too busy building earthly mansions to plan for the heaven above. Too busy to help a brother who faces trials and suffering woes. Too busy to share his burden. No time. I'm busy, you know. Too busy for all that is holy on earth beneath the sky. Too busy to serve the master. But not too busy to die. Are you too busy? To worship at the feet of the Lord Jesus. Notice finally the words of Jesus. Jesus knows exactly what to say. Now keep in mind Jesus loves Martha. He appreciates Martha. He values what she's doing and what she wants to do. But he tenderly rebukes her here and instructs her. Notice with me. We see the word of correction spoken by our Lord in verse 41. But the Lord answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Martha, you are worried and bothered about many things. He really just goes to the very heart of the issue, doesn't he? He speaks her name, Martha, Martha. And I I can just imagine in my sanctified imagination what that must have been like to hear his voice. Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're you're burdened about many things, you're bothered. It's going to be okay, Martha. Calm down. Words of tenderness, but yet with a gentle rebuke. Here he is correcting her. The Lord does correct us, doesn't he? He knows exactly how to do that. Uh, Perhaps we're all a little different in that respect, but the Lord knows exactly where he can touch us and get our attention, doesn't he? And I'm so grateful that the Lord, uh, he, he rebukes us in a gentle, tender way. And if we listen to him, 
we can experience change. But if we rebuff him, if we refuse to hear, that voice can grow stern. And he may have to take action to get our attention. But here Jesus is lovingly correcting her. But not only does he correct her, he instructs her. And I love that about the Lord because not only will he direct my attention to the problem, he instructs me as to how to solve it. Just as he does Martha in verse 42. But only one thing is necessary. You're worried about all these things, Martha, but there's only one thing that's necessary. And she knows what the one thing is when Jesus speaks to her in this way. He's trying to help her to see that all these peripheral things that occupy your attention and your time and your resources, your energy, your passion, all these things that sap from you all the energy necessary to carry out the real work of God. All these things may be good, but there's only one thing that's necessary. And that is falling at the feet of Jesus. You see, Jesus doesn't need me to do his work. He loves to include me. He wants me to yield before him, surrender to him. And it's in that point of surrender that preparation occurs and enables me to carry out what he's called me to do. You see, if you just come and preach a sermon on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and you haven't walked with the Lord during the week, you may be able to impress all the people who listen to you. But let me tell you something. If your heart is dry, it won't be long until you are exposed. Won't be long. We cannot afford to prioritize anything that would take precedent over our relationship with the Lord. So there's this loving correction and instruction. And then notice his word of recognition. Verse 42 as we continue to read. For Mary has chosen the good part. Mary is the one who's right here Martha. She's made the best choice. You're busily doing all this work. That's fine. But you need to understand your rebuke is wrong. Because Mary has made the best decision. She's doing what is best, what is necessary, in that she is at my feet. So he's recognizing Mary. And then his word of protection, verse 42, the last part of the verse, which shall not be taken away from her. That is, you're not going to, you're not going to affect what she's doing. She's going to continue to stay at my feet. You're not going to change that, Martha. Again, this is a loving, tender correction and and instruction that the Lord is giving. But it is clear to Martha exactly what he's talking about. He's saying that what she's doing is what you should be doing. And friend, there's a great lesson here for us. We need to be at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, listening to what he's saying, loving him, serving him, following him and when we do let me tell you what we'll be able to do then we will be able to stand to our feet and serve the Lord with great vigor because we've been in his presence back in the 70s and 80s there was a brokerage firm by the name of E.F. Hutton that had a television commercial that used the phrase when E.F. Hutton talks people listen Do you remember that commercial? Anybody here still remember it, don't you? The setting would be that that people would be 
in some type of gathering where there was a lot of noise and chatter going on and, and someone would make the statement, well, my broker, E.F. Hutton says, and all of a sudden the room would grow completely quiet and everyone would lean in to hear what E.F. Hutton had to say. You and I would be wise to carefully lean in and hear what Jesus has to say tonight. To hear his word of instruction to us. The words he shared with Martha need to be heeded by us as well. We need to spend time with Jesus. That's the best thing we could do. And whether it is sand passing through that hourglass. Or the tick of the seconds off the clock. Or perhaps the shadows lengthening at the end of the day. All of these things serve as reminders to us that time is quickly passing once it is gone it cannot be recaptured our lives are short at best they are like vapor one minute we're here and the next minute we are gone so this leads us to ask the question how are we spending our lives when we come to the end of our days will we be able to say we lived a good life Or will we be able to say we live the best life? I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I realize how important it is to use my time wisely. To make good decisions. And the best decision of all is when I get up in the morning, I take time to get in this book and get on my face before the Lord. As a younger pastor, there were times when the demands would be so great, I would get in that office and I would think, man, i got to get started right now. I don't have any time to waste. And I found that, I found that as time went on, that was a very foolish mistake. Because no matter how much time you devote, no matter how much energy you give, if you don't take proper amount of time to sit at Jesus's feet I'm telling you you will not be able to accomplish the work of God you just run out of time and even what you offer up is dry and dusty because it comes from a heart that is not filled with passion so I just ask you to join me this week take time to be holy speak oft with your God Get in this book. Begin to read it. Make sure every morning you spend time with the Lord and you get on your face before God. Oh, I know that there will will be demands. I know that you're busy people. Many of you are professional people. And I I value that. Those are good things. But if you're going to live a life that is transforming, if you're going to live a life that is passionate and filled with spiritual energy, If you're going to position yourself to be blessed to the Lord and to be a blessing to other people, you have to spend time at the feet of Jesus, just the way Mary did. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. And what a simple lesson this is tonight, but yet what a needed word. We need to take time to spend with you at your feet. Forgive us, Lord, when we try to orchestrate ministry and we try to do all these things through the power of the human flesh. Functioning merely on the gifts you've given us. 
without devoting our time and attention to the giver. Forgive us for this, Lord. And I pray that starting tomorrow morning, we will get up in time to spend an appropriate amount of time at your feet, just worshiping you and enjoying your presence with an open Bible, listening to what you have to say to us. And then walking out with a refreshed heart, a renewed zeal, and a strong conviction to obey you. I pray for these wonderful people here tonight, Lord. They're here tonight because they love you. And I pray you'll give them a special blessing. And may you be honored and glorified through all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here tonight and you want to receive the Lord Jesus, I'll be down here ready to talk with you. You come at this invitation time. It may be you want to come to the altar and pray. You do that. We will certainly welcome that. If you want to join this church, you can come with that request. If you want to be baptized, you say, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but I've not been baptized. You come forward and say, I want to be baptized. We will be overjoyed to schedule a baptism for you. However, the Lord is speaking to your heart. Would you stand now as we sing together? You come as the Lord leads.